When I'm having a good hair day, that's when I'm my best self. I feel good. I look great. And I will say, painting sulfate-free rose water collection is a part of that. The Rose Water Collection. It feels and smells amazing and comes with a deep treatment that leaves your hair petal soft. It was inspired by Ramadan traditions when many in the Middle East break the fast with rose water because of its hydrating benefits. And the collection is free of sulfates, parabens, dyes, and mineral oil. So experience something new and discover what's good with the Pantene Nutrient Blends Collection. Dear Young Rocker is more than just a podcast about music. It's a memoir of how it feels to survive high school when you don't fit in and the freeing feeling of picking up a guitar for the first time. It's also advice for anyone who is or was young and has ever felt weird or alone. Dear Young Rocker is written and narrated by me, Chelsea Erson, executive produced by Jake Brennan, and comes to you from Double Elvis Productions. Listen to Dear Young Rocker on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, welcome to the podcast. This is Molly. And I'm Kristen. Kristen, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your workplace stress? My workplace stress? Well, it depends on the day. Let's just take today. Okay. For instance... Is 10 really stressful? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'd give it a six or a seven. That's pretty high. Yeah. Am I stressing you out right now? A little bit. With <laughs> Whenever I have to rate things, yeah, I get a little, little tense. Well, did you know? I mean, don't blame it on me. This level of stress that you're feeling mm-hmm. might be due to the fact that your boss is a woman. Can you believe that? Well, I can believe it because I read it, but it is, it does seem that that does seem like such a strange thing to say. But that came from a 2005 survey that researchers at the University of Toronto did where they were evaluating the stress levels and physical health problems of men and women. And the men and women either had one male boss, one female boss, or a male and a female boss. And according to the results, women who only had one female boss reported more psychological distress, which included trouble sleeping, difficulty focusing on work, depression and anxiety, headaches, stomach pain, and heartburn than women who only worked for one male boss. But what about the dudes in the situation? Did they respond so negatively to having a single female boss? You know, they... Single as in only one of them. Only one of them. Not unmarried. (laughs) That causes stress of another type. Um, (laughs) Um, no, the men did not respond the way the women did. When they, no matter which kind of boss they had, they had equal levels of distress. So maybe it's not about the bosses. Maybe, maybe we need to just chill out more at work. Well, you know, the researchers kind of put in as a footnote that the fact that a, a job where a woman has one female boss might be something really stressful, mm-hmm. like teaching or nursing or social work. Um, but the headlines are all like, Female bosses stress you out. Yeah, and especially if the female boss to female subordinate Mm -hmm. relationship can get particularly tense. Mm -hmm. Certain studies have shown. But then you have other studies saying that women make 
fantastic A-plus bosses compared to men. Yeah, you never find an article that's sort of middle of the road. Either female bosses are awesome mm-hmm. or female bosses are stressing out their workers and people hate them. And why are we even looking at this to begin with? Well, of course, since uh, the workplace has opened up to women and we've been climbing up the corporate ladder as Tapping on can. the glass ceiling. Yeah, knock, 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 breaking on through with our stiletto heels. Uh, so naturally... Business researchers want to know, well, how are the ladies doing? Because mm-hmm. leadership skills are often associated with stereotypically male traits, such as being more aggressive and confident and a strong-willed, whereas we, we, we might think that, oh, well, how can women bring along all these feminine traits of care and nurture really drive a Fortune 500 company, for instance, to the top? Right. It's very much uh, darn if you do, darn if you don't, because... So many studies will show that when women uh, demonstrate those typically masculine traits, they come off badly. Yeah. Often they're referred to as a word that rhymes with witch. Mm-hmm. Female dog. If you haven't still gotten it, then we just can't help you. <laughs> um, and then on the other side, when they try and bring these nice traits in, the quote unquote, you know, soft traits of being a good teammate, mm-hmm. um, you know, they they are seen as too weak. So it's very much uh, what is a lady boss supposed to do? Um, and then how do these traits actually, you know, affect their underlings? So let's talk about the grab bag of surveys that have evaluated men versus women in leadership roles in the workplace. And by and large, women typically come out on top. We've got an article all the way back from 2000 in Business Week, and it says that studies show that women executives, when rated by their peers, underlings, bosses, score higher than male counterparts on a variety of measures from producing high-quality work to goal-setting to mentoring employees. And what was interesting about that particular study is the researchers didn't set out to find out if female bosses were better. Right. They were just questioning, you know, people on what made an effective boss, and it just the data showed that the women were doing so much better on these skills, you know, they're being seen as people who could think through decisions better than the male bosses. They're more collaborative and they weren't always out for themselves. They were less likely to seek personal glory and more likely to give credit to the team. Mm-hmm. And just for another example, this is also from that 2000 Business Week article. Uh, there was a consulting firm that looked at a sample of 58,000 managers and found that women outranked men in 20 out of 23 Areas. There was another survey in which women, uh, this is from a, a completely different survey in which women bosses ranked higher than men in 28 out of 31 measures. Again and again, we're coming out. If we, ma- if we make a list of measures we want the best boss to have, it seems like the women display more of those skills. And when they don't, uh, these researchers are saying that their weaknesses are less pronounced than a male boss's. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if the boss, if the male boss, you know, is too aggressive, uh, a woman who is also ranked too aggressive is not faulted for that as much as the man is. Because you might have to think, like, if a woman has gotten to that point of leadership within a company, you know, she is already, she clearly knows how to get the job done. But mm-hmm. then she also has all of these, um, these additional traits that, that maybe men might not possess quite as, or might not access quite as, uh, naturally as women. That give women a little bit of an edge. But we should say that the gender differences 
are often very small. And in right. large samples, like the one that pulled the, the 58,000 managers, in large samples like that, um, it can it can kind of skew individual results. Of course. That's what anyone who does one of these surveys says, is, you know, it, it just depends on whether that person likes their boss. And liking your boss, it can be a 50-50 proposition. Some people have great bosses. Some people have awful bosses. And at the end of the day, when someone's filling out a survey on whether they like their boss or what they like about their boss, they may not be thinking about gender first and foremost. So let's fast forward to 2010. We've been talking a lot about all of these internal findings that women are just as capable, if not more than men, at being leaders. And hopefully in that 10-year period, we've had more women reaching C-level positions Mm -hmm. and really showing Showing who's boss. Uh Not Tony Danza. However, the perception of women in leadership has not changed in line with those those survey results of how how we perform. Right. Because remember those first surveys we talked about, the people in the study didn't realize they were going to talk about gender. That's Mm -hmm. just something the researchers pulled out. So if they go to people and specifically say male or female boss, which is better, which do you want? By and large, everyone, male and female, goes for the men. Anecdotally, male bosses are perceived to be better at their jobs. And Alice Eagley, a social psychology professor at Northwestern, says it's a general cultural phenomenon, the preference for men leaders and bosses. And I think it just goes back to that association of leadership qualities with Mm -hmm. typically male trait qualities. But here's the thing too, when you break it down by gender, like which boss would you rather have if you pull a group of women than pull a group of men, more women are probably going to say that they want a male boss. Right. And you know, it's, it's something we've talked about in a few other podcasts where, you know, women don't really help women that much on the job. It's like, we don't want to see each other succeed. You know, there've been studies about whether female bosses help their underlings or whether they just say, Hey, I made it. You're on your own. If I did it, you can do it. Mm -hmm. And whether the underlings in return support the female boss, you know, in a crunch time or if, you know, someone's head has to be on the line, who do they support? And so, yeah, it's it's very weird to see so many women say that they don't want a female boss. Now, is it a female boss's obligation to protect and promote women in particular, regardless of how they perform? Absolutely not. Right. That is also a form of sexism if women are just promoting other women on the basis of their possessing a vagina. Uh, but at the same time, like why I, I just, yeah, I'm very um, mystified by this prickly relationship between female bosses and female subordinates that often comes out. And I would also be interested to see how that breaks down by size of office like that's true if that's reflective of just like large corporate settings or if it's really um if tensions rise when the office gets smaller well you know one interesting thing uh that i found on live science was something about how people look at their female bosses and we talked about the soft quote-unquote feminine skills versus mm-hmm. the masculine skills mm-hmm. and the study found that a female boss was expected to be mother-like you know, yes. workers are ranking her on whether she listened to them, if she was forgiving of the fact that they had to leave early to pick up a kid. Right. Um, if she was if she was touchy feely, basically, if she supported them um, and if they didn't do that, if the if the female bosses were more, quote unquote, masculine, then the workers ranked her poorly. But the when they 
did the same for the male bosses and asked them, you know, does your male boss support you? Can your male boss tell when you're feeling down? Mm-hmm. They didn't care. They only cared if the female bosses were being touchy-feely, and the, the male bosses were not expected to do that. So it's another sort of, you know, example of how, you know, these female employees who don't want a female boss – Maybe it's because they want the wrong thing out of a boss and they know what they can get out of the male boss. And I think it's telling if we, um, if we toss out these specific competencies that were analyzed in the Harvard Business Review in 2001 when they were evaluating male versus female bosses, they were looking at traits including envisioning, energizing, designing and aligning, rewarding and feedback, team building, outside orientation, tenacity, and emotional intelligence. And not a huge surprise, female leaders rated higher on every single one except for envisioning, which is recognizing new opportunities and trends, which might be a little bit more of an aggressive Mm -hmm. or typically male trait. I hate to always like boil this down to gender stereotypes because uh, there is evidence that the, quote, cultural model of leadership is becoming more androgynous. Basically, Mm -hmm. the more women we're seeing in management and higher positions, then the more uh, it's shifting our concept of what leadership really is away from this male model to more to embracing uh, both male and female typical traits. Right. But to boil it down to gender stereotypes, let us turn to the Daily Mail. Oh, Lord. Because this is what the Daily Mail does best. And by best, I mean worst. Um, because, you know, we've tried to I think we've been pretty good, Kristen, saying stereotypically masculine, feminine and knowing that there's not sort of one way to go. That's just sort of how society has coded certain traits. Mm-hmm. The Daily Mail just goes for it and basically yeah. says that women have periods. They have hormones. Mm-hmm. They get PMS. They are a mess to deal with at least once a month, if not more, because they might be upset about a boyfriend or a girlfriend or just someone who is mean to them in the elevator and says that men are the best bosses because women are too moody. Yeah. And this is, I mean, we can't, Daily Mail didn't cook this up entirely. This survey came from the online recruitment firm, UK Jobs. Dot net. But it does make some some interesting points like incredibly both men and women are in total agreement that men make better bosses with 63 percent of women and 73 percent of men uh, wanting a male boss. I mean, I don't know that 63 and 75 is equal, but yeah, the they, the male assets, there was a sidebar on male assets and the number one is straight talking easier to reason with, less likely to suffer from mood swings, able to leave their private life at home. And this was the best. No time of the month. So it's, it's, I, don't, I mean, Molly, I don't know how, how we podcast when we are uh, <laughs> menstruating. I mean, and Lord knows, I mean, if there's any menstrual synchrony going on, you can probably tell in the podcast because it's probably a hot mess. Maybe they should just isolate us in this booth so that we don't interact with the rest of our workers right. when we're menstruating. Yeah. I'm surprised we haven't shut down the internet yet. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's sort of the range. We've talked sort of about a wide range of reasons why women might not get the top job or why they might have difficulty being uh, accepted by their workers once they get the top job. And it goes from the really simple, stupid reasons, or I, I hope we can all agree they're kind of stupid, Yes, that women have a period once a month, maybe. And... um all the way to whether, you know, an aggressive woman comes off poorly. I mean, straight talking and more reasonable show up as these male assets in a uh, in the Daily Mail. But, you know, if a woman is deemed straight talking, then would it just be that she doesn't listen to others, that right. she's too, you know, forward with her ideas? 
every sort of trait that is deemed, you know, great for men can be turned around and said, oh, women, what are you doing? Well, I just think that this is a perfect example of how even though women have numbers wise broken in to the workforce and even dominate some industries and we've broken into the higher ranks of, of businesses, but it takes, even though we can do that, it takes a while, a long time for culture and our cultural mindsets to catch up. But there is a light at oh, the end of tell me. the tunnel. And this comes from an article released only a couple weeks ago. And the headline is, study shows exposure to female managers increases their popularity. And I think this speaks to that point about uh, the, the leadership ideal becoming more androgynous. The more women we see, the more normalized that behavior becomes, and the less we uh, disassociate like women with these like masculine male traits like they can't. They can't all be together. Yeah, I do think there's this disconnect that will hopefully, you know, shut down in that these surveys show that women are really great with leadership traits, but that doesn't mean that the women get the top job. And so hopefully as more of them do, you know, thanks to this survey from a few weeks ago, then maybe we won't have to worry about, you know, does a female boss check off so many masculine traits versus so many feminine traits? Does she ask, you know, are you feeling sick? Mm -hmm. Is she the office mom? And it just will... It will cease to matter. And since we have brought up so many stereotypes, I think it's it's uh, good to maybe end on this quote from one of the study authors on, on this uh, study on f- exposure to female managers who said that there's a need to create awareness of role models who contradict the stereotype. Organizations and managers can try to reduce the impact of gender stereotypes by acknowledging the fact that they do exist. Yeah, so I think that's good Good food for thought. We all have gifts to bring to the table, whether we're menstruating or not. Exactly. I want a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> we can work on that. Yeah. So in the meantime, let's read some listener mail. Well, I have one from our listener, Gaylene Fraze. We don't often, we never actually say listeners' last names, but it's important to know her last name in this example because she wrote a book that she thinks the Sminty audience will love. It's called Grayling Cross. And she especially thought that you guys would like it because uh, her characters were blurbed as the paranormal worlds, Thelma and Louise. So it's got really strong female characters. It deals with a lot of subjects that have shown up in our past reading list of like magic, the supernatural, the paranormal mysteries. It, it looks really good. And again, it's Galen Frey's. The book is Galen Cross. You can find it on Amazon or she told me kobobooks.com. All right. Well, I've got an email here from Erin in response to our podcast on beer. She writes, I just finished listening to your When Did Beer Become a Boy's Drink podcast. And while you were fantastic as always, thank you, Aaron. (laughs) We were also kind of drunk. I was surprised that you neglected to mention one of my favorite historical facts about women and beer. Doctors used to recommend that nursing mothers and wet nurses drink beer as a way to increase breast milk production since beer was a convenient source of calories. Some people believe that certain stout beers... Uh, were developed specifically for this purpose, and Guinness was often prescribed to lactating women. I thought it was worth a mention, since it is lady-specific and certainly flies in the face of today's accepted practices. So, that's a fun fact, and also wanted to read this email as a thank you to Erin for writing it, because 
I turned it in to a blog post for the day. So awesome. see, you're, we, we love getting these emails. They're very important to us. And if you'd like to read the blog post, it's over at stuff I've never told you at howstuffworks.com in case you haven't checked it out. And I would really, I mean, I'd like it if you would. It'd mean a lot to me. And you can also leave comments and like us and do all sorts of fun things over on Facebook. And you can tweet us at momstuffpodcast. So there you go. And in the meantime, get smart over at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? So here's something that some of you might find shocking. 95% of women don't feel good about their hair. But Pantene is changing that. Pantene's Rosewater Collection combats bad hair days with an innovative formula that uses rosewater derived from the petals and buds of the Rosa Gallica plant. With Pantene's Rosewater Collection, I can really feel how much more hydrated my hair is. And it's sulfate, paraben dye, and mineral oil-free, which makes me feel good because who needs all those additives? Experience something new and discover what's good with the Pantene Nutrient Blends Collection. This episode is brought to you by NBC's Good Girls. The new season of NBC's Good Girls is generating serious buzz. Christina Hendricks, Retta, and Mae Whitman are hilarious as America's favorite moms turned criminals. This show is the perfect blend of comedy, action, and romance. No wonder critics call Good Girls your next TV addiction. And Rotten Tomatoes rates it 100% fresh. Ooh, Good Girls, Sundays on NBC. The new season has already had some wild twists, so watch live. And stream anytime.